main challenges are the effects of climate change and environmental degradation. When production drops, poverty will rise. And when poverty rises, other essential family or social activities will be reduced or will suffer. We meet the women group, we meet the youth groups, we meet, we've consulted, we've engaged. Normally what comes out of, from the engagements are always also very productive because it represents the views, the needs, the wants of the people. This is The Lid Is On, the UN's flagship news podcast series. I'm Connor Lennon, and I'm in Soma, a busy town right in the middle of the Gambia, the smallest country on mainland Africa. Soma's a really important trading town. It sits at the crossroads of the main road running from east to west, that's the South Bank Road, and the Trans-Gambia Highway, which goes north and south. I'm here to meet Landing Sane, the chairman of Mansakonko Area Council, which includes Soma, because we were supposed to meet at the UN Climate Conference in Egypt last year, where I learned that Gambia has the distinction of being the first country in the world to fully meet its Paris Climate Agreement commitments, which were made at COP21 in 2015. Mr. Sanat was at the event to talk about his involvement with a UN project promoting climate-related development at a local level, but for various reasons, we failed to connect. So I was glad to be able to grab some time with him on his home turf in Soma, Although even here, it wasn't easy because Mr. Sana is a man in demand. These are our young entrepreneurs. Um, this shop, these two shops, they are young entrepreneurs. This is a consumer shop. Likewise, this, they are all natives of this place. And they are supporting the local economic development. You okay? That's good. Can you just tell me where we're going? This is um, the uh, gate of Masanko Area Council, but it's also the entry for summer into the market. This is the market area. This is the main highway. It's called the Transgambia Highway. This route links Senegal on the south, this is the south Senegal, and this is the north. So, three kilometers from here, you're going to enter into Senegal. And this way, you're going to go to, uh, by 15 kilometers, you'll go into Senegal again. The market is, 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 a, is a big one. It's the main market for this area. This uh, is Soma, is the capital of um, the Masakongo local government area. It's the capital, and it's a very busy, it's a busy area because it has both international and local traffic. You see the vehicle numbers. Some of the vehicles are Senegalese numbers. Some are Gambians because it's plied by both Gambians and Senegalese. And even Guineans and Malians. So you can see the, the traffic is a bit busy. Uh, it's just it's in the afternoon, so people are just retiring at their places. And now not very much busy outside. But... You can see the signs of traffic. You were in Egypt last year for the UN Climate Change Conference. Why were you there and what do you want people to know about the Gambia and the work you're doing? Uh, looking at the Gambia as a country, it's a very peaceful country. 
the people are very friendly and the people also are very serious. They are serious and they are willing to work. Of course there are challenges when it comes to probably uh, economic challenges, when it comes to um, capacity in terms of um, the country's ability to invest into resources that will propel our development. Those challenges are there, but the, the needs are there, the interest is there, and the energy is there in the people. What is this region like? How would you describe your region? My region is a very wonderful region. Um, um, it's also a very strategic region or municipality uh, for this country because it's the natural center of the country and it also has the biggest international transit point for the Gambia and Senegal. And what are the main industries here? What do people live off? Um, the people here mainly um, live on agriculture. Agriculture, I mean uh, crop production, horticulture, and some form of fishing. You know, these are the main agricultural activities. Uh, of course, when I say crop, I mean rice, peanuts, you know, and other varieties of crops. Yeah. Now, the country has been developing over the last few years. Things have been definitely improving. But what do you think are the main challenges that people face in your ward? In our local government area, the main challenges currently are the effects of climate change and environmental degradation. Um, I said so because uh, these are the root causes of some of the challenges that are subsequently emerged from, from that. There is low production and productivity when it comes to agriculture, which is the backbone of the economy of this area and by extension this country. And that is as a result of um, climate change because rainfall patterns have dropped and because of that productivity and production in agriculture drop drastically. So poverty level rise and you know there is a lot of food um, insecurity that will trickle down to nutrition and you know even the quality of education because the farmers will cultivate and out of their produce sell their produce to be able to pay for the school fees of their children. So when production drops, poverty will rise. And when poverty rise, other essential family or social activities will be reduced or will suffer. And then that will, that will have a big problem. What can you as chairman, as mayor, do about that? Well, um, some of them are within our reach, but others, a good number is outside our own environment. That is to say, the impact of climate change is not within uh, our environment or within our reach to tackle independently. We might have to need some strategic partners to work alongside to see how we address the issues related to climate change. Others that we can do is to see how we adapt to the real situations of our time. That is to say, how we improve on our approach to agriculture how we now add value and come up with new strategies to practice our agricultural activities. Or how we, we work around to come up with new strategies that will uh, support our processes, to support our people, to adapt to the situations. It will be my responsibility to see how I expose my people to such best practices so that we are able to work around these challenges and you know, move on as a people. Explain a bit more about the UN's involvement in, in your ward. How does it help you? 
Why does it help you? Well, um, there is technical support, there is financial support um, where necessary. And, you know, technical I mean uh, from planning to implementation, monitoring, reporting, is all um, provided, you know, through the agents of the UNCDF. Of course, working through and with uh, the relevant stakeholders at the level of the communities. Let's talk about culverts. Why do people choose to curve culverts? Explain how it works. With regards to culverts, culverts are normally small bridges that connect, you know, um, different communities, particularly where you have streams or you have waterways. So we have this kind of situation in few communities in this area. In the rainy season, sometimes the running water or floods will cut major highways between feeder roads between communities. So these culverts are built to connect those communities, which is very important because it provides them access to the markets, particularly the remote villages. The, uh, the, the construction of the culverts help them to be able to link to the main markets or main centers so that they can easily travel and go there. And with climate change, is this problem getting worse? Is it more important now to have culverts than before? Yeah, yeah cul culverts have been there even before, but with climate change, uh, the impact is we have too much of torrential rain. And torrential rains, of course, you will expect that there is that, you know, quick runoff of water, very powerful. So, and that eventually will wash away and create some uh, cuts on some um, feeder roads. And since having these culverts, how has that helped people? Have they been able to trade more? Are they telling you that things are better now? I was informed that in some bad situations, in some um, moments when big torrential runs happen, their children do, do not even go to school, to the next community, because there and then there will be severe flow of water going on and access routes will be cut. So now, because of the culvert, that is prevented, the, the kids are going to school as normal, the women can now pass by to go and do their farming activities without any trouble. And the common people also can travel past there. You know, that route goes up to Senegal. I visited the project in Buren. It's also another interesting intervention uh, for the people of the area. But it's not only benefiting Buren. Uh, you have several other communities around that ply that route, and the, the project is very beneficial to them. Landing Sana, chairman of the Mansakonko Area Council. After speaking to Mr. Sana, I went to see the culvert projects in Bereng, around 40 minutes east of Soma. These projects are being built as part of the UN Capital Development Fund's Jobs, Skills and Finance Programme, a collaboration with the International Trade Centre and funded by the European Development Fund. There I met Guidom Sabali, a local man who's seeing the benefits of culverts personally and also for his community. I am standing on a culvert and we built it because water erosion stopped the connectivity of the road and then women and children use this road to get access to health center or health care and then also school going children also use this road but before this culvert it was very difficult to get the access of the road during the rain there will be too much of water and then you cannot able to cross Mr. Sabali showed me the site of a much larger project, raising the road crossing an area flooded each rainy season, and he invited me to his village compound 
where he told me about the difference the Jobs, Skills and Finance program has made to his life. First of all, the training he received for free, which meant that he could get a higher cash-for-work hourly rate as a skilled worker on the UN construction project. We learn about uh, construction, we learn about steel fixing, carpentry, and then house decoration, that is painting. When I came back, they know technically, Gidom now have technique certificates. So then the contractor see that he could get a very good engineer, then he would hire me, then I construct the culverts. And also the school will give me some student on attachment to let them also know how to do the construction of convert. It seems like it's a big job. Isn't it's it a, a very big job? big job, very big job. I supervise 50 people, 25 men, 25 females. Because today what men can do, women too can do that. Because for this last project, my steel fixers, I have two women and one man. Those two women, they can do steel fixing like the men's. Also, women can do masonry like the men's. So almost we are the same. And we have to give out opportunity within the women's and men's. Let them also show out technical. Technically, you can see women also can give you a very good plan. If we do this, it will go normal. If we do this, it will be abnormal, and we will suggest and see if we do this is normal. Then Gidom will follow what the technique that you saw out to see that we get what exactly we want. The rains have become more and more extreme, and it's caused you more and more problems. What difference will the culvert make when it's finished, the big one? Oh, a very big difference, because Accessibility on the road will be number one because school, school going children need the road, women and children going to the helpers need the road, and when the road is completed now, we believe they would get, get a very good road network to get accessibility of where they want to go, and also donkey carts and small vehicles. They can use it, they can cross. So it's a very big difference that it will contribute because road network is one accessibility of everywhere. If that is happening, even business, farming, going to school, healthcare, everything will be easier because we will see now that one will change our life. And about 50 good years they were crying for this road. But by the tank of EU and UNCDF, they were able to help this community of this road problem. And then this is the sixth culvert that we got in our ward from EU and UNCDF. And all those roads now is a very good connectivity. In a small square concrete building, right next to where I'm talking to Mr. Sabali, there are dozens of chicks and hens. This is Mr. Sabali's poultry farm, built with the money he's saved from working on the culverts, demonstrating the kind of entrepreneurial spirit that the UN Capital Development Fund wants to encourage. This poultry farm I started in 2019. 
because think when JSF job skills and finance program have phased out what benefit can you get the sustainability because now I'm not looking younger <laughs> heavy heavy job sometimes it's difficult we need to manage and learn entrepreneurship learn about business the little money that you get from the project side you eat some manage some so that even the project is gone jidom have already made a plan of how to get sustainability of getting money as my grandfather used to say this belly will never get full every day food every day water every day food every day water where you are planning you can get food from there because today this poultry farm is very good for me i'm earning from it making the business and is from this business my family will eat some i will take money this year i paid to do my diploma and then also my kids are going to school is from the same poultry that i am getting money from because i have able to manage tangot i get skill from the project side because it pushes me to, to to adjust my education on construction and then the poultry too is working so i get two skills i'm a mason i'm a poultry man so you will see obviously it's a very big change of life gidom sabeli mason and poultry entrepreneur in the gambia Another important element of the project is that the community decided themselves what kind of project would be most useful for them. It wasn't imposed from higher up at the regional or national level. As Landing Sana explains, we meet the women group, we meet the youth groups, we meet we've consulted, we've engaged and we even still continue to engage. It's planned and implemented at the level of the communities. So that process is very active. because we have the structures there so it's a matter of engaging the relevant stakeholders at the grassroots level or at the community level to get information that we need they do come with very interesting ideas because mansakonko uh, area council has a strategic plan and that strategic plan is highly consultative it's a representation of the needs and wants of the people of this area normally what comes out of from the engagements are always also very productive because it represent the views the needs the wants of the people so it's always very good that was landing sane local politician for soma a key trading town in the middle of the gambia thanks to the uncdf gambia team for their invaluable help you can find out more about their projects by searching uncdf gambia and you'll see many more interesting stories on the un in gambia page Next week we're going to be heading to Tangi Fish Market on the Gambia coast which is also a popular departure point for those hoping to make it to Europe a journey that unfortunately often ends in disappointment or tragedy that's next week on the lid is on